People don't pay you for how smart you are. They pay you for the value you provide. There's 1.4 million nurses planning to quit this year in 2022. That's about 34% of nurses in the US. And that's a conservative estimate. And if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking of quitting your job too. So the big question is, what are you going to do for money after you quit? And that's the answer that we're going to try to help find out. This is Mind the Words, where we break down alternate streams of income so you could make work an option and not a necessity. I, I like it. And we're going to give two topics here that we both kind of researched a little bit for kind of a side hustle slash alternate stream of income to replace or supplement your income. And because we're looking to make more money too. So absolutely. Yeah. Ernest, what do you got? All right. So we decided to pivot things a little bit, but I'm curious to get your opinion on this hustle. I've been talking about optionality when it comes to work, having a level of freedom to control your grind. Instead of working, let's say 12 shifts, a schedule, you work 10 shifts. The next month you may work eight shifts or 14 shifts. It all depends on your needs at the time. Um, more of a carved workload. In many cases, I think it's beneficial to have that option. And we want to move in the direction of making work an option, right? Not a necessity. So I want to discuss the invisible elephant in telehealth. It's a great option for anyone trying to distance themselves from the bedside, not healthcare altogether, not healthcare altogether. COVID pushed virtual healthcare up years. Pandemic or not, I think we're moving in the direction regardless. That's where technology is taking us or wants to take us. Telehealth isn't necessarily new. It's been around since the 1960s. However, with the need for it during the pandemic and looser how should I say, looser guidelines with respect to reimbursement, <laughs> insurers reimbursing, it's becoming even more and more popular. So I don't think the pandemic created or recreated anything in the sense of telehealth. It just brought it to the surface. And as long as insurance companies continue to reimburse for telehealth, it's going to evolve and grow into something huge. What are your takes on telehealth? Uh, I did it once. I did it for a startup. Uh, Roman, okay. get Roman. Oh, this is new. I didn't know this. Let's yeah, hear about it. actually, like a year ago, a year ago, and uh, the nurses there they don't get paid as much as okay. uh, if you're working in the hot. Depending how much, I think it's like 80 k more or less, right? around right. that range uh you need a bunch of particular to that startup you need a bunch of nurse licenses in different ah. states uh, so that's kind of annoying if you're not in a compact state okay um the work itself is easy which is great but there's the, a hustle to it yeah it's draining yeah it's like yes, non-stop it's like there's no break for like there is a right. break, a lunch break, but there's no break <laughs> in terms of like, you're constantly answering messages. There's so much volume 
because they've gotcha. grown so much. So if I had to recommend a telehealth and you want it easy, chill, not draining, probably you would have to go to an established company, like some health right. insurance company, not a startup. Right. right. Um, I agree. But the startup culture and the hustle and like, honestly, I had a pretty good experience with the people and I honestly, I would recommend their service, but I, I definitely don't think I would work at a startup again <laughs> unless I from, started one. And Sorry, you worked from ahead. home or did, did you work from home or did you have to go to the office? No, I worked from home. They, they send oh, you perfect. a laptop. They send you uh, like your, the, the, okay. the, your the thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole setup and you don't need a phone. It's all done on the, on the laptop. So all the calls went through if, if there was any calls and generally in startups, they don't, necessarily do calls it's all messaging which is great um but as they try to become more competitive in the telehealth space they'll want to do more calls like a right. call center so i i definitely i did some research behind it and i did look at jobs posted that were more you call and speak to somebody you're not going to do messages or things like that. And they say the average for the average pay for a full-time telehealth worker in New York would be $112,000 a year, um, according to Glassdoor. Um, I, so I checked a few other, few other places. In Oregon, it's $103,000. In Idaho, it's $102,000 a year. Obviously, it depends on the company and how much you hustle and involved in it. But if the job is 100% remote, you can do this every anywhere to some degree. It does move you in a direction to being more flexible. I, so I said, let me, I said to myself, if you're making this a side hustle, obviously it's not a full-time thing necessarily. So I looked up part-time jobs. I found a part-time job, part-time telehealth, not job, that pays $40 and 50 cents an hour. And you have to work a minimum of 20 to 25 hours a week. That's pretty good. That's pretty for like good. chilling. Yeah. Yes. That's chill. The, uh, to act, <laughs> it's, it's, I know it's cool. It's called um, RN, RN coach. It's by a company called circle link. So it's like a startup, like you were described. So there is a hustle involved because when you read further into it it tells you that to make that amount that forty dollars and fifty cents you have to make about three calls an hour and that's initial calls but i figure as you get better in it you can knock that out and i don't know if they give you a time of day where you have to do it but if you can knock it out past working hours it still gives you more flexibility and i think all you have to do is all you have to be as a nurse you have to be a nurse for three years and know some common chronic conditions. It's really not that in depth. I don't know what it's, I think we should, I'm going to, I'm going to apply just to see <laughs> what, what's involved because I'm very curious. We can let people know that this, this is an option. This is an option. So would you ever consider something if you can get paid the same amount of money that you get paid now or a little less, but work part-time. Would you do it through telehealth? Honestly. I don't know if I would. I mean, <laughs> so I, tell me why. I mean, if, so my job is pretty good right now. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> okay, right. 
um <laughs> if, if i was working at a harder unit yeah for sure yeah, but I, i'm pretty sad i got my retirement gig right now okay <laughs> right so it's not a matter for me personally it's not a matter of quitting it's a matter of like supplementing and would i supplement with that uh knowing what i know and and you'll see in my next idea no i wouldn't do this for me uh for but if if someone is looking for probably an easier gig to supplement income yeah right this no brainer so what are the pitfalls that you see what's what's i mean you've done it before so what turns you off about it so in a startup particularly there's versus a, an established company that already has processes so just an example if you do telehealth for a a company with like an, an insurance company or whatever that's been around for a while or whatever else that's been around for a right. while they probably had these the processes all set up they probably got right. enough maybe enough staff to to get everything handled Whereas a startup telehealth company, like it's almost like uh, figuring it out as you go. And that's really common in start in the right. startup space. It's right. like promise the service and then figure it out as you go. And that's kind of the, the hustle and bustle of the startup. That's why I, I wouldn't necessarily um, do telehealth at a startup but if i had to do telehealth it probably would be at an established company where like you can chill a little bit more and that's that's really my mindset can you chill is it easy right. and can you get paid a, a decent amount for that chilling right um, so if it was an established com company it would be an option or you would consider it because I want to know, I guess your experience at a startup wasn't the best. Overall, wasn't the best. So it was, uh, it was pretty easy work, and that that's, that's pretty true. good. I I don't mind doing that. <laughs> uh, honestly, they they didn't even need me. It it, it was like a job for like uh, an intern could have done that job, right? right. Which is great because I was I wasn't getting paid intern money for that job, right. and. It was, uh, but it, the only thing was, it was just nonstop. It was all right. consistently answering messages. And uh, because this was like a little more just after the peak of COVID, like, and just when the vaccines were, were out, um, right. lots of questions, lots of like scheduling stuff. So it was just like the, the consistency of always being on it was it was tiring and then it it also probably didn't help too much that it, there was also the phone aspect of it like i was right. also part of the call center so if it was just like messaging people back that that would right. have been way better but then okay i also had to put on the people skills yes. that i was already like really tired from <laughs> from right. the main job so it was just like okay now i gotta it's people skill overload yeah it was <laughs> great now i have to do this in my own house <laughs> like right, right. i can't just there's no day of chill where i realized that day of chill with no work i could actually go back and do my best people skills at my main job but now that gotcha. I split all the people to, hey, how's everything going? And, right. oh, everything's going to be all right because we're going to handle <laughs> this and put on that voice right. and that fit that I was about to say right. fake smile. But 
yeah that smile <laughs> yes. um and like uh it was i think that part like really burned me out like gotcha, especially gotcha. the people skill part like and i'm pretty good with people skills it's, and mm. like kind of faking the funk and like being extremely positive but it takes a load out of you man i hear you i i do see it as an option if you wanted to move away from the bedside, especially if you can get a part-time gig that pays $40 an hour. Um, if you're young, you can go overseas, like I mentioned, and you could knock you could knock this out. And even if you're not making the $40 an hour, you made a little less, it would more than cover your cost of living and travel expenses, and maybe even contribute to you saving some money. I can also see this for, let's say, people who just want to stay at home. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to go into the hospital in general. Yeah. Who wants to go in the subways anymore? Right. And like you said, a more established company, a more established company with some structure has its benefits. It really does. I was thinking of ways to even improve on the whole telehealth experience for patients. And I figure like I said, as technology evolves, it will change. Let's say, obviously, people would prefer FaceTime, I think, you know, which involves you now putting on a top, at least. You don't need to put on a bottom, <laughs> but you have to put on the top because people want to see your reaction. Um, I think this is good for doc. Doctors can do this to FaceTiming patients or whatever vr goggles possibly so it may not be you but it may be an avatar of you in its place just making the person feel like they're in a doctor's office or even sitting at a park bench doesn't matter or even like a video game type of situation like a sim city where a kid may walk into the doctor's office you're directing them and then you start to ask them questions um obviously when an adult there is supervising you know there's crazy people out there but i think it's i think it's a decent i think it's a decent opportunity and what this whole thing reminds me of of a very popular meme i've seen seth golden put up he's a popular marketer pretty famous marketer in uh internet where you have some speed cyclists they're racing it could be the Tour de France, I'm not sure. And they're racing down a hill and they're pedaling, pedaling, pedaling. And this one cyclist, he decides to leverage gravity. So he grabs the handlebars, he puts his feet up and lays pretty much on the bike. <laughs> and he starts going down the hill faster than everyone else. Um, so he was thinking, so not only is he not pedaling as, he's not pedaling, and leveraging gravity, it's that working smarter, not harder aspect of it. And when you take that into consideration um, and thinking about some people I work with who travel an hour and a half to get to where, where we are because that home that they want is very far out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think when you tie that all into it, that American dream of the picket fence could be overseas if you want now, because telehealth and technology is pushing us in that direction. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it. I'm gonna look for an established company and maybe a not so established company. Apply and see where it takes us. Not necessarily something I want to do. I just want to see what what's involved. And, and I'll ask them how everyone. much the pay is. 
exactly i'm gonna ask for something crazy see how so, far you can bring the negotiation ex- exactly but yeah i think that's 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 where i that's what i wanted to talk about what about you cool. you so, any questions oh see yeah i would say the main thing if you do go through with the interview process i would like to like ask them how what a full day is right like one of the nurses like what what do you do and then like just sneak in like how much are you just chilling like uh you work i don't know eight hours a day ten hours a day like how many hours are you like just straight taking a nap or doing something else also i did speak i called up a friend of mine we went to school together um she has three boys and she's in a hybrid situation so i wanted to hear her experience with respect to working from home she said that it's not the best for someone with young kids real young kids in the sense that if they're not in school it's really hard to knock out your calls and do what you have to do within a certain amount of time because they work on their own schedule as opposed to if you have kids in school where you know you have this amount of time blocked off where you can knock out your calls and do what you have to do so it's just something to consider for someone going into their into that area or thinking about telehealth I also think it's something new nurses may gravitate to (laughs) because I'm sure it's easy to fudge your experience. And if it's difficult to get into a hospital or area, and I'm sure the just the idea of working from home in your pajamas seems very enticing. So I think we'll see a flood of new nurses in there, not too experienced, just trying to figure things out too. Kind of. I, I don't agree with that. I think you'll see right. a flood of older nurses going. You think so? Slightly, like two two years plus. So it could range from two years yeah, to two, 30 years. Yeah. All right. Two years, um, two years. But I was thinking also like VNS, like your experience at VNS. You're black. a brand new nurse. I know. You're a brand new nurse. You got the gig somehow, right? It, but, but it's different. There's no, it's a, the the ease of, the demand for the job demand is higher right now for hospitals. So right. it's just because so many people, a lot of people are quitting. So, and I, I think from what I've seen from meeting new grads, like they right. want to be at the hospital. And so I'm not saying they're not going to use something else as a stepping stone, but I think right. it's way easier for them now to get a hospital job. That's, that's true. And I think that's the true. older nurses who are more like sick of it, they're trying to get out and i think the flood is going to go out from the older nurse side to out to the uh to the telehealth side but the only reason why it wouldn't if it didn't is because of the pay all right all right i i guess you're right when vns when you went to vns it was difficult to get in hospital a job in the hospital yeah it was extremely But now with the flood of nurses leaving, I see what you mean. It'll be easier for new grads to find a job. One, two, three. Makes way sense. easier right now. Yeah, it's probably right. the easiest yeah. it's ever been yes. ever. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause I had a terrible, I told you I had a terrible experience. It took me almost a year yeah. to work, to work, Dang. to get a nursing job in the same hospital that I work at. <laughs> That's nuts, man. Right. It's all about who you know. That's true. It's not about so, the skills. It's about who you know. It's not about the skill. You build Everybody the skill graduates. Later. Yeah. Right. All right. All right. All now, right. Let's hear from you now. All right. So mine is a, a little less, you could say, un, a little less common, I guess. 
in in thought for nurses. So my my idea was uh, putting together a hair growth guide. Meaning, there's so many treatments out there for hair growth. There's so many people in general across all genders, all biological sexes. Whoever's losing their hair, they want to get it back. Right. Mostly, mostly, and、uh, they're willing to pay a lot of money for that. So, putting together a hair growth guide of like the best types of treatments, PRP, hair transplant,、uh, Finasteride,、uh, Rogaine. Red light therapy, this, that, the other. There's so many things. Supplements, diets that could potentially grow hair better. I think if an aggregate of data, this is the template. The aggregate of data in one place. So I got this idea from Steph Smith from My First Million. She said, "Your list is my opportunity." So she was really talking about, oh, people are always searching for like the most healthiest. The top five most most healthiest things to eat at McDonald's and stuff like that, just lists of things. So the best this, the best that, top five this. So that list is an opportunity. So I just applied it to hair growth, which I think I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna try this out.、Uh, so this will be my side hustle, and、uh, we'll follow the journey. So well, I'm gonna. We both have this. We both have the、yeah. same problem. Both have the same problem, but we. We accepted that this is、right. just a fun fact. We actually got laser on our hair, but otherwise,、uh, just other lists of things that people can put together. And、um, so, if you search up top ten, like top ten treatments for hair loss, or top ten、uh, treatments for acne, top ten treatments for like skincare or anti aging, literally anything health, healthline dot com pops up. Almost all the time on Google,、right. and they literally tell you list out everything, and then they list out services for each company that does it. And each time someone clicks that link, buys their service, Healthline gets a cut of that money. Oh, nice! Yeah, so that's why Healthline. And check it out because their annual revenue is one hundred million to two hundred million a year. Nice. That's their revenue. So Healthline is pretty big. So let's. Let's tone it down. Let's look at another something that's like that that gives out health guides for supplements. And this is a smaller company. This has about ten, ten to twenty employees, more or less, and they make ten to fifteen million a year just、Ooh. aggregating data and putting it out about supplements, right? And their whole thing is like stop guessing, like stop spending hours、right. on the internet. And、uh, another thing, aggregate of data, Birdie dot com, which is all about like makeup, and this is the one stop destination for beauty secrets. So literally, top ten things for acne, top ten things for makeup, best whatever up and comers for for makeup and this and that revenue, ten to fifteen million dollars a year. Wow. And they're also pretty lean, with like it says eleven to fifty employees, more or less. So there's money in a list of making a list, aggregating data that people want to find. And there is, yeah. And this is why I won't do a side gig related to nursing, is because there's so much more money outside of nursing, <laughs> and I、there、feel、is. like. To make uncommon income, which we're all trying to do, uncommon income, we have to do uncommon things. And I want to 
just say that the sooner we realize this, that if we want uncommon income to do uncommon things, we should start like right away. And the only reason I say that is because your first tries might fail. And maybe you try to go into something, but you, you realize you hate it. So you have to go through all those trials and tribulations. And I've been through that. Like I tried a bunch of things outside of healthcare and it failed and I realized I hated it. <laughs> so right. you have to go through all that to realize what you want. So I think the list of aggregating data, there's a huge, huge market in that depending on your niche. And I would say just start where you're most interested in. So for me, I was losing hair at 23, 24 years old. It looked bad. I'm going to find pictures. And <laughs> for years, I was really interested on how to grow it back because I was like, oh, these these receding hairline jokes are really hitting me at heart <laughs> until yeah, I accepted it and uh, I shaved my head and I right. even did laser, but um, huge opportunity. And then if you're interested in, if you're literally typing in top, top or best treatments for this or that, you should probably start one. Got you. So they might not, they monetize through clicks. How much do they get per click? Would you have any sense? I'm just curious. So it's because not... is it more just the number of clicks they get in general that I guess bring in that kind of money? It's huge. Yeah. So it's not per click. It's uh, like once they actually, so through their link, uh, it gets tracked. And then if they actually end up buying the service, also oh, they have to then, buy it. Yeah then uh, um, they get money. But because that they optimize their website to be like top 10 this or best treatments right. for this, they like get so much traffic. They're literally number one on in like health in, in that field. Okay. In a search engine in Google. So they literally just like list out all the treatments and then they list out all the different companies that has a program like this called an affiliate link. So they list out uh, all the companies that provide that treatment. That's and true. then they have their own unique link. Mm -hmm. And then once someone clicks on it, boom, they'll probably buy it. And then when they buy it, Healthline gets money. Nice. It makes so, it makes so much sense. I mean, I'm the first to Google top, top whatever. Anything I'm looking for, tap whatever. And I find myself more and more going to websites that actually, like you said, aggregate all this data or information and give me the top. Take, for example, Wirecutter. Wirecutter is through New York Times. Anytime I'm looking for electronic or any appliance or anything, I go to their website. And then one day you went on there and they say, they charge you. So for years, they just built this huge following where everyone used them to go to, and then they put a paywall bomb just there. Not only were they making money, because they say off of you clicking on the link and I guess purchasing through that link, but it makes so much sense to see why when you Google it, you then find other web, so many other websites that, that literally just copied off of other websites and put in their own link because they're just trying to do the same thing. They're just not as big and popular. All right. I like that. All right, man. Uh, any quote you want to leave the people with? You know what? I don't have a quote today. Not going to lie. All right. I got I one. Have... I got one. All right. 
by the Valuetainment Podcast with uh, Patrick Bet David. And he didn't say this himself. Someone else from his podcast did. I just don't know his name. People pay you. F- oh, sh- sorry. I f- up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me do that over. This is from the Valuetainment Podcast with Patrick Bet David. And they said, people don't pay you for how smart you are. They pay you for the value you provide. It's true. Hands down. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, take us out here. So are you gonna are you gonna start to create some lists? Yeah, the hair growth one. I'm oh, gonna I'm gonna do that. Hair, hair growth is big. Yeah. Oh, no question. I'm gonna, let's let's just if you can crop this in because you know we try to end, but even laser treatment, when you told me about it, you know, it's about a thousand dollars for what was it, six sessions? Six sessions, more six sometimes. Six yeah, six sessions. Obviously, they're established company, but this this is money with tip, all. with oh, tip. That's crazy. You told me, you, told me about tip. <laughs> you, it was like a forty dollar tip. Yeah, it's every nuts. session. All right, just wanted to let the audience know. All right, you can take us out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. We don't care if you like or subscribe. Just tell us in the comments what you liked or hated about this episode. Was it informational? Was it entertaining? How was the speed? How was the format? How was the content? Just comment us, tell us, so we can make this better. I think this was a good one, John. Peace.